Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. So, this week's got a little bit of a different feel to it. Uh, It's effectively a five-day week, and really only three of them matter. So, we got a little bit of a different plate. This is like the tapas week compared to the normal entree. Welcome to week seven. Weird week. Weird week seven. We got a. I need some sort of alliterative name for it. And for now, we're going with weird week seven. I am Dan Basperis, and I am joined, as always, by the week analyzer, the stream master, the great Derek Ball. At DballBball on Twitter, I'm at Dan Basperis. Derek, good day to you, sir. And also... Uh, welcome to the first ever in-season tournament uh, in the middle of, of an NBA fantasy season. Wee! Yeah, Dan and listeners, it's really good to be with you again. Um, you know what? I think you're on to something with the Tapas tournament. Or you know what? Even Wild Week 7. Because I think just from a marketing perspective, it sounds a lot better than in-season tournament. We do really need a name for this. Yeah, I've, tr- I've tried to roll with the whole NBA Cup thing, but... Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I like, we all know that the first thing that pops into any adult's mind when you hear the word cup in relation to athletes is a jockstrap. So yeah. we got to go another way. I like Wild 7. I like I like that you rolled it into Tapas Tournament. That was sweet. I didn't intend for that when I called it Tapas. But it is, we're like getting little entrees over the next, well, three of the next four days, effectively. And so let's just dive straight on in here. First of all, again, you can find us on social. I just gave those a minute ago. It's Fantasy NBA Today. This is our week ahead episode. But this is going to be the strangest and maybe the shortest one we've done because, Derek, and I don't mean to steal your thunder here, but there aren't that many days this week that matter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's specifically, there's three days that matter. And yeah. There's really only, uh, there's really only five games of actual basketball that's going to count for fantasy purposes. I mean, we've already dealt with a couple of six-game weeks, but this is even more um, restricted. Um, so, I mean, really, your options are limited if you don't get the guys. So what do you do then? Because my move was, because last week ended on Saturday, and we talked about this last week. We tried to kind of look ahead a little. I did a, a bit of what we discussed on last week's weekly preview, which was, I had a move or two across my various head-to-head leagues uh, on Sunday, yesterday, and I used them to grab guys that we knew were playing either today or tomorrow, more specifically today, though. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I feel like the best way for us to go through this, as opposed to me just saying, like, Derek, tell us the whole week, is for me to say, is there any... I mean, is the very obvious answer to this question, and I, I it's short, which means, you know, we might get you out of here in like three and a half minutes today instead of 25. This to, episode's for TikTok. Yeah, no, that's right. It's <laughs> short. Uh, is try to stream somebody today that you think is not only interesting, but also is on a team that could win. And then if that doesn't pan out, rinse and repeat tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I think generally you got it right. I might kind of tweak it a little bit here just in terms tweak of trying away. to maximize the amount of games you can get. Since you don't really need to be conservative about your streams, I am completely doing away with my two and three rule. And I'm actually not really that worried about picking the winner on Monday because I still have to dispense with the Tuesday games before I'm actually at a point where I could uh, actually lose games on the schedule. So what I might do is pick a Monday winner. If they win, that's great. And if they play well in that game, I might hold on to them. 
but I'm going to be looking at the Tuesday guys because there's just as many games on Tuesday, just as many meaning two, two meaning that there's a lot of value-added uh, streaming to be going on there. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to to flipping that Monday pickup, win or lose, for, for a Tuesday guy. Then the trade-off, though, would be that I want to pick the winner on Tuesday because I need that second game from that guy. I don't want to take the chance. Are you streaming having one? To go back to the wire. Are you streaming one or two slots for this week? I mean, I think you only need to stream one spot this week. It's certainly possible to stream two. You're going to have a ton of options because there's no differentiators on the schedule. But you should be happy with your roster. And so, if you're not, I mean, you're you're filling in injuries. That's where I'm. That, so that's where I'm getting stuck right now. Is if I'm streaming, I think you're answering the question that I asked originally as if you're streaming one, which is like, look, there's only three days that we can even really bother to make moves this week. Yeah. Obviously, and then I've got four weekly moves, so I might as well just basically use one a day. Hell, you could use one a day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday if you wanted to try to wedge someone in on Wednesday. I mean, you probably have a full schedule, but maybe you don't. Maybe you have a team that has uh, is laden with Celtics or Pacers or Lakers or any of these teams that are playing over the next two days. Maybe you aren't an overflow team on Wednesday. You will be mm-hmm. almost definitely on Friday, but... Uh, you could end up using a move, one move every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. What about if you're trying to stream two? Because, you know, you're a long streamer. We still haven't gotten this word fully into the lexicon, but we're going to get there. Then it feels like there is an advantage to trying to find someone on a team that might win over the next two days, right? Because then you can get them for both Monday slash Tuesday and Thursday on one move instead of two or three. A hundred percent. Yeah. If you're a long streamer, you definitely want to be picking out the winners there. So the, you know, I'm not going to give you advice on which team is going to win every game, but I think there's a pretty good indication. If you look at the Vegas betting odds, you probably want to be picking streamers from the teams that are leading the odds in Vegas right now. Um, Because you want to make sure that you are actually able to be economical with those moves. Absolutely. Um, Now, the the only thing that I would be concerned with in that scenario is that you, uh, as the manager that's making these moves, you might end up prioritizing that winning play over the quality production. There are some scenarios here where just adding the player that you think is going to be on the winning team isn't necessarily the better move. Um, Having said that, two games is very often better than one uh, in almost any context when you're talking about streamer level players. So uh, managers are going to have to be really aware of, you know, what those averages are. And uh, if one game of a player doesn't look as good as uh, two games, then uh, you have to be, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it's, no, it's, it's a big jump. Yeah. But I mean, really, I mean, really, if you, if you got, you know, the top bench player, maybe a six man of the year candidate versus the 10th man off the bench, if that 10th man is still going to mathematically have more production over a two game period versus the one, you still have to go with them. Mm-hmm. It might not be as good in paper. I mean, you know, it's probably not ideal to say that uh, we'll say a Peyton Pritchard might be a better stream than a TJ McConnell. But, you know, the honest to God truth is I think that Pritchard's going to be on the team that wins. Yeah. And I think it's going to make a difference at the end of the day. Yeah. With Tyrese Halliburton still dealing with this illness. And again, I, I said on my other show, if these guys, and it sounds like this is what's going through the teams is anything like the illness that I had for the entire month of November, <laughs> they, they tend to miss more than one game with it. And, and everybody's like, Oh, their babies play through it. But like, it was, I was coughing up some serious mess and you can't, like, I could barely function in my day-to-day and I'm just broadcasting games. You can't run up and down and guard NBA players and play this level of basketball if you are just stopping to cough every 25 seconds. And if that's what these guys have, they're in a, a real bad spot. I mean, we'll see, obviously, I think the Vegas line, if we're talking about lines, 
has the Celtics as something like a five, five and a half point road favorite, which basically is screaming. They don't think Halliburton's playing, but obviously anything can happen in the next couple. I guess it's like hour and a half or something like that. Um, so let's do let's do this now. Now that we've kind of set things up as as where everybody's looking, you do have your two things. Want to pre uh, give a shout out to number one, the week ahead piece at Sports Ethos. That's part of the Fantasy Pass. If folks have the Fantasy Pass, they need to be taking advantage of this. Using your article among the millions of other things you get with the uh, upgraded premium, but also as Dan, also the producer, flexes it up onto the screen. This is your thread to get folks ready for the week coming up. It doesn't have the detail of the week ahead article, but this is a good place to get folks started. And what we did last week, last week, Derek, was that you just kind of rolled through what folks should be looking for. Do you mind doing that again for us here since we have some time? Yeah, absolutely. Ready to roll when you are. So, I mean, Monday, it's pretty obvious. You already got it up on the screen. You take the guys that are available that are, that are going to be playing a game. Usually, if you're talking about streaming, you want to get that production in as soon as possible. So that Monday production, um, getting a streamer from a Boston, Indiana, New Orleans, or Sacramento is going to be very important to, to your chances. If there's only four teams playing on a day, then every single game you can add from Monday is going to be a difference maker, especially if you're in a head-to-head league. Um, I already kind of touched on what I would be doing moving forward from Monday. I'm not exactly trying to plan who wins on Monday because I know there's another set of equally valuable games happening on the Tuesday uh, where you're going to see the Lakers, the Bucks, the Knicks, and the Suns all face off. Um, now, from that point moving forward, it is going to be a lot more important to know who wins and who loses because from there, only the remaining teams in the NBA Cup, the in-season tournament, the toppest tournament, the Week 7 <laughs> tournament, <laughs> only the remaining teams are going to have value-added streaming opportunities from Tuesday. Those teams are going to qualify for the games on Thursday, um, which will lead to the Saturday finals that don't count for fantasy purposes, but for all intents and purposes, you want to have the guys playing on the lowest volume game days. Now, uh, anyone who's listening obviously has already noted that I've skipped over Wednesday and Friday, the long story short with Wednesday and Friday is everyone else is playing. If they're not in the tournament, if they've been eliminated, everyone else is playing. So you're not really going to be looking to me for very valuable advice on these days because I'm the streaming guy and you're probably not streaming on those days unless you are like me in one of my big money leagues right now uh, with a roster that's kind of loaded with those those eight teams that are in the finals. You're probably not going to have a lot of uh, a lot of room to to play with on Wednesday in especially Friday, because the teams eliminated from our Monday-Tuesday games are added on to the Friday schedule and will face off with their fellow losers from their side of the bracket. Well, come, so how really, much of it's a, just best player available on those two days. How much of an edge do you think teams get by having by just sort of lucking into the teams that are in this tournament? It feels like it's a, it's a substantial edge. If you have, I don't know, you know, 13-player roster, 10 starting spots, and you have like six guys just already playing today and tomorrow, that's a... That's a massive lift. Even if you're even if you're short one guy on Wednesday, you could stream it in. Everybody mm-hmm. else has got, you know, 11, 12. They're wasting games on Wednesday. They only have two, three, maybe four guys going the next two days. I mean, just a little edge like that. And I said, ah, man, I'm so irritated at, at the way schedules work right now. We're, like, trying to solve all the problems of head-to-head. And this week, I feel like this week just makes them so much worse. Am I right to be this frustrated? I I don't know, man. Calm me down, I guess, is my my answer to that one. <laughs> you, calm well, me down. I mean, 
the typical complaint against head-to-head is that matchups are very often imbalanced between games played. I think this is one of the only weeks where you can kind of expect every team to be within, let's say... Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Three or four games of each other. I know, other, but that's a huge difference, though. Three or four it games on a 22-game week. That's big. Now, it would it would depend on what those teams are trying to win. Of course, it, anyone who's heard me on any of these shows before is going to know that I'm going to start talking about high-impact stats and efficiency right now because those are the things that are more controllable even if you're at a deficit in games played. So if you do look at the schedule and you do think that you're one of those teams that's going to have a deficit or, uh, heaven forbid, you're playing against a team that is stacked within season tournament um, players, then, uh, then, yeah, you probably are going to be targeting those high-impact categories and trying to claw back a win, even if you're at a, uh, you know, a statistical disadvantage in terms of counting stats, points, assists, rebounds. Um, so, I mean, that's typically where I would look. If I'm in that scenario, I do always tend to build my team so that they can be prepared for me to take that shift. Uh, not everyone does build a team that way or just simply have that convenience of choice. Um, but uh, where possible, I would advise people to do that. If not... And you are the sort of team that is both at a games played disadvantage and trying to win kind of, let's say, um, low impact categories or counting stats. Um, then, yeah, you're just going to want to try to add as many games as possible. You are streaming as aggressively as possible. Uh, you're not really looking into week eight. If you're trying to win this matchup, you need to make those aggressive moves. You need to make those tough choices on who to cut. You need to lean on your sports ethos pros with your roster and try to figure out exactly who you should be trimming from that team. Uh, so that you can recover those games. Because if you are a squad that has historically won, let's say, two of three of those counting stats categories, whether it's points and assists, points and rebounds, rebounds and assists, whatever the combination is, you, you're going to have to make sure that you are making a concerted effort to add specialists in those areas because, frankly, you're probably going to have uh, some trouble finding the best possible producers on the waiver wire. Uh, this that I'm scrolling in the background for those that are watching, this is Derek's thread we were talking about on Twitter slash X. You can find Derek again over there at D-Ball, B-Ball. We've got a couple of questions actually that are related to the week ahead, so I'm going to take this down and I'll pivot over to that one. This is from Mitzo in a daily Roto League with no IL spot. Actually, this one's not really a weekly question. The next one was. I got them flip-flop, but we'll answer both. Uh, are you holding on to Jalen Johnson, thinking of holding due to Week 7 being so weird? My answer to this is I'm holding everywhere I possibly can because he was rolling top 50 before he got hurt. And top 50 mm-hmm. guys are dudes that I think you stash uh, basically up to almost two months um, is kind of the like going rate on those. Uh, I'm assuming you're holding on to him as well? 100%. I would kind of phrase it a similar way. I would say stash until it hurts. 
uh, you're going to have to probably you're going to have to really feel that that spot being missing from your lineup before it's even worth looking at moving on from him. At worst, I would say float him in a trade. But uh, yeah, you can't just give up on that court, that kind of value because, you know, as soon as a player like that goes to the wire, another team is going to pick him up. This is the one that I meant to click on the first time around, but I got there. Roto lineups that lock for the week at 7 p.m. So it's weekly Roto. Would you start Patrick Williams, KCP, Eric Gordon, or Russell Westbrook this week? Uh, but at least we don't have to look up how many games they have. Ah, Yeah, ah. that's true. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> a little bit less work. So you know what? That one's actually it's a tougher one than I might have originally thought because my instinct is historically to be, uh, you know, to say that you should go with Eric Gordon here. I know that he's been dealing with some health issues. He was day-to-day over the weekend, so I'm going to have to check his status to make sure before I commit to this, but right now I'm looking at Eric Gordon or Patrick Williams. Uh, Patrick Williams has been pretty bad to start the season. I'll be completely (laughs) honest with you. I haven't hesitated to take shots at him where possible, especially knowing that he's playing for a big raise coming up soon, uh, or at least he expects a big raise. Uh, Up until very recently, his play has not substantiated that, but very recently his game has really, really elevated. And again, knowing that I'm that high impact stats guy, I love a player that can get me good production and steals, blocks, rebounds, and threes. Halliburton is um, in, by the way. Just got that. Halliburton news. is in. He's okay, in. Great. Yeah. Well, that's going to soften my my uh, my recommendation for a TJ McConnell stream. But let's just swap in Aaron Nesmith instead because he's been playing really well for them as well. And with uh, Toppin kind of potentially on the shelf, I think that's a good sub. But I digress. Uh, I think Patrick <laughs> Williams is going to be my choice just because right now I, I know that he's healthy and I'm not quite clear on Gordon yet. Uh, KCP is more of a streamer for me despite his overall good numbers for the season. And Westbrook, I just don't like the inefficiency. No. Skeeter asks, does Dan answer questions during this stream? Well, so far. And... He just did. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Best stashes for week seven for a points league. I'm thinking Obi Toppin, Aaron Neesmith. Obi, by the way, was also ruled in just a moment ago. Okay. Uh, not sure if there are any any other great minute bumps with Tyler Hero coming back. Did we get a Hero is definitely back thing? I thought it was just a he's hoping to be back this week. Thing. I thought it was more of just an optimism thing, but I, like I said, I missed some of the earlier or some of the more recent news. So No, nothing in the last couple minutes other than the Pacers stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Toppin's the one that I, that I think it's, I agree with David here in this question. He's been getting more minutes. Jalen Smith is out. That's been part of the reason why. He's also been very hot. We know Rick Carlisle mm-hmm. likes to roll hot hand out there. Um, I don't know what you could call a stash, though, for this week. Um, maybe I'm misinterpreting the question. Are you interpreting it a different way than I am? No, I think you uh, I think you kind of got it there. I think they're just kind of wondering maybe if there might be some players that are maybe in a buy low position mm-hmm. that you could kind of hold on to with all things being equal. Uh, that'd be the only other way I could interpret it. Maybe we can get them to answer us again in the chat. Yeah, David, if you're there, you can maybe clear up some of our questions. Here's one from Ernest. Thoughts on stashing this week versus streaming like crazy? This is a good... Mm. Forget the rest of this question. Sorry, Ernest. I'm actually wiping the other part of your question out um, <laughs> because Ernest is saying he only has Zion uh, of the teams playing in the quarterfinals and his opponent has Jalen Brunson, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron, and Brandon Ingram. Ouch, dude. Four to one is a rough... Is a rough disadvantage to be at there. Um, I mean, it's hard to, like, you're obviously going to be behind when Wednesday comes around. You could probably make the call. Well, no, it's too late because once you get to there, you've missed two days of streaming. 
I guess the question is who... Oh, he's, oh, here, wait a minute. I got more. Currently stashing Scoot Anderson and Pat Williams. I think I'm okay with streaming those spots, but also maybe I'm not as excited about them. Like, Scoot, to me, still feels like he's at least two months away from doing stuff. And then Patrick Williams, you need... You almost definitely need Levine gone, and then you probably need either Caruso or DeMar gone as well. I'd say try to compete. I mean, if you can stream two spots... Yeah. You can catch up to the other dude. You could even pass him if he doesn't stream anybody. Maybe. Well, I mean, and that that means that we're also assuming that he's going to have a full lineup on Wednesday. I'm one of those teams that has a lot of players, uh, at least in a couple of my leagues. Good point. Uh, that are active on Monday, Tuesday. And now I'm trying to figure out who I am going to roster on those Wednesdays. So, yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible to win those matchups. Yeah, you are going to be at a disadvantage. But no, I don't think you should ever just throw in the towel on any matchup especially if you're in a head-to-head league where every single category counts. You can't be in a position where you're sacrificing any categories. Playoffs matter. Your your tier, your uh, your overall standings matter, and you, you got to claw for everything you can get. Um, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose, but at least you're going to do it the right way. Uh, there, there is a way to get valuable players that are going to serve you beyond this week without completely throwing in the towel. Hmm. I like it. Um, let me see if anything else has a weekly bent to it here. Uh, most of these seem to be more overall type questions, so I'll, perhaps I'll scoot through those rapid fire towards the end of the show. Um, what do you do with... I got one more question for you, Derek. This is from my own brainsies. What do you do with... Oh, wait a minute. We got clarification from David Lee. Oh, he feels pretty good about winning this week, so he's looking to maybe stash towards the future. My only, my feeling there is just bulls, basically. I don't mm-hmm. know that, I mean, how many other guys are really floating? Like, the only team where it feels like it's almost a guarantee that somebody steps into value is Chicago. Is there someone else? Uh, no question feel free to step in and step on me here if there's a team i'm yeah i mean you're, you're basically you're looking at uh, lottery teams now some of those lottery teams it's less clear exactly where the advantage might be like i'm struggling to think about who might be uh someone to stash from the spurs but i'm thinking about the hornets for example as another team where there might be some you know some uh uh potential boosts happening now that Lamelo ball is out i think last time i checked brandon miller's roster rate was about 50 percent, so he's available in half of all leagues and uh he's probably going to end up being one of the better scorers in the rookie class so if you're looking for a points and three streamer i think you know there's some value there obviously you've said the bulls i love kobe white i love patrick williams uh there's a lot of talent there um so yeah absolutely if you know players like that are available to stash and you're not concerned about winning go for it uh, I was able to pick up Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh, on Saturday of this week in one of my leagues. Uh, I've seen in some other leagues that uh, Onyeko Okongwu, for some reason, is available. Um, I've also heard recently that uh, apparently Trey, Trey Murphy is critically under-rostered on ESPN, thanks to my, uh, my Twitter slash X follower that pointed that out for me, because that hmm. I just thought was absolutely insane. So really, I'd have to see the, the wire in your league. Um, but if they're in the starting lineup for any team, then they should be on a standard league roster, I think, at yeah. least for a short-term period. What are you doing about Christoph Porzingis? Because now he's saying he's hopeful to be back at some point later this week. But like, mm-hmm. if the if the Celtics, this is a weekly decision, I guess. The Celtics have to win today for that to really be all that useful for somebody. Because like, you could bench him in a weekly league, and you could still very easily fill out the other day. This is a confusing one to me. And then I guess Hal Horford is sort of the flip side of that. Like, is that a guy you start in a weekly league? I I probably would, because at least you know Halford's getting this sort of game that's not on the overload day. 
What do you do in a situation mm-hmm. like that where you have like one player maybe coming back and how much it impacts the one that's filling in for him? You know, if I'm being honest, I'm actually not really that into Porzingis right now. Uh, I saw the news about him coming out um, kind of live when it happened. And I saw a couple of Boston beat writers that I follow just kind of going, please don't do the stupid thing. You know, a lot of people that, that follow this team, they're, they're very aware that this team is in a really good position to win a championship this year, and they need to sacrifice anything at the altar of winning the NBA championship, even if that means maybe losing losing uh, some, maybe decreasing their odds for the NBA Cup. Um, they, <laughs> uh, I, I think no Don't matter what happens, it, whether Porzingis so. plays or not, um, I, I think Horford's in a really good position to be still soaking up a lot of minutes because uh, even if Porzingis does plays, he's not playing at 100%. Uh, so a reliable veteran center like Horford, who is not worrying about back-to-backs or an overloaded schedule, I think he's going to be a really reliable option whether Porzingis is there or not. The truth is that if a player like Porzingis, who has top 25% potential, is active, you kind of just have to put him in your in your lineup. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in a weekly, you got a different uh, mess to deal with. All right, Derek, I stretched this one out as long as I could, but that's the week ahead, man. There's, it's a, it's effectively a four-day week for most folks because Friday everybody's playing except for mm-hmm. two teams. Uh, well, four, actually, because the ones that... Uh, is it four or two? It's two. No, it's four. Two teams got to limit. There's, it's there's four. 14 games on yeah. Friday is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Derek, we'll do one yeah. next week, and it'll be less weird, yeah? Yeah, I yeah. think so. All right. Oh, what do I got for you? Yeah. Uh, follow Derek on Twitter at DBallBball. Uh, Freaking great-ass Twitter handle. He's also in our Discord at <laughs> DBallBball, which I will make sure to throw that link up on the board at some point in here. DB! We DBs, we got to stick together. Not defensive backs. There ain't no, no way I've got the height or, or athleticism for that. We are... First name D's, last name B's, Dan Vespers and Derek Ball. I'm going to do a couple more things after he goes, just for the record. You guys don't have to sign off yet. I'll just knock through a few of these bad boys. But, Derek, I'll see you in a week. Yes, sir. It's been real. We'll catch you next week. Yes, enjoy them purple lights. Take care. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We talked about those on last week's show. Hopefully people remember what we discussed. Uh, I want to get a couple of the weekly decisions going. I also want to remind everybody very quickly here, again, we talked about social, at Dan Vespers, at D-Ball, B-Ball, also at Ethos Fantasy BK. Uh, the link to our Discord is, get that in the chat room here for the show. It's also in the show's description for those of you that want to find it over there. I just, I let it sit on the board for a long time on my show earlier today, but we'll do a couple of questions here in the next few minutes, and that's when I'll take that down. So definitely come hunt us down over there. And make sure to use promo code ETHOS20, ETHOS20, over at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping on your order from the amazing folks at Manscaped. Handle your male grooming needs. They used to be exclusively below the belt, or at least that's how they positioned themselves. (laughs) But now, you can use it anywhere on your body, which you technically could before, but now they'll actually say it in the description. So you can use it on your face, your neck, your back, your chest, your arms, your legs. Whatever, whatever you want to clean up, they got the products to do it. They got the handyman. If you want to get in tight, they got the lawnmower. If you're going for the sideburn trimming, you've got uh, luxury nail kits. The whole, the whole schlemiel is freaking awesome over there. It's manscaped.com. Promo code again is ethos20. Let's go through some of the tough weekly decisions. This I try to blitz through here after Derek signs off for the show. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is in, so that makes that one a whole hell of a lot easier. Lowry Markkinen, we got ruled out on Saturday, so we have no update on him for Wednesday. 
Um, he was ruled out a day in advance for the Saturday game, so I didn't feel like he was all that close. So I would be inclined to keep him on my bench. Interestingly here, Anthony Simons went through most of the Blazers' practice on Monday. I have no idea if that means he's going to be going on Wednesday. I would certainly err on the side of caution, even though Jeremy Grant is out, which means Simons comes back, he's immediately stepping into 20 shots a ball game. But you just can't roll the dice like that, especially on a week where every game is like 5 4 5% of your weekly production. That's way too much to leave on the table if you take a zero. Lamella Ball's out a while longer, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, Bam Adebayo was already ruled out for the Heat road game in Toronto on Wednesday, two days ago. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's a terrible diagnosis. That means that the hip is actually really starting to work up on him a little bit. So you got to keep Bam on your bench this week. Again, anytime there's a question mark, somebody is on your bench. Um... Kyrie Irving, Tim Hardaway Jr. were back at practice for the Mavericks, so I'd assume that means Kyrie's good to go for Wednesday and Friday. Go ahead and get him in your lineup. Anthony Edwards, we don't really know. He practiced a bit on Monday. He's still considered day-to-day, which makes him questionable for their games on Wednesday and probably Friday. Anthony Edwards is a very tough dude. Um, Questionable right now and practicing today with a game two days from now. I'm inclined to say he's probably startable. It feels like the game on Friday would be kind of a worst-case scenario for him. Uh, But you probably have to grade it out as about one-and-a-half ball games, and that's probably enough unless you have some magical option. But again, you're not not subbing in somebody who has four games for somebody who has one-and-a-half. You're subbing in somebody who has two. So they have to be sort of, kind of, almost decent for that to make any sense this week. Uh, Tyler Hero was ruled out for at least one more... No, that's not true. When was that report? Um, He could be back this week. That's where we're at with Tyler Hero. Again, they play Wednesday, Friday, because the Heat are not in the in-season tournament. I still think you have to keep him on your bench, even if we end up getting that one wrong, uh, which would stink. Obviously, he could show up and play two ball games, but I I have to believe they're also going to not go super heavy on him in his first game back. Chris Paul, keep him on your bench. Uh, Again, we're not going to get an update on him for a couple of days here. Alex Caruso, he left their last ballgame and didn't come back. You probably have to keep him on your bench, even if he ends up... These guys could all end up starting on Wednesday, but we just don't know. Same story for Zach Levine. You got to keep him on your bench because we just don't know. Eric Gordon uh, missed the Suns game on Saturday with some knee soreness, and they play tomorrow which makes me think he's probably not going to be a part of that. He might. I don't think there's enough reason to start him. Most of the damage that Gordon's done this year has been with uh, multiple superstars out. Jeremy Grant is in concussion protocol. He is a bench guy this week. Do not start him because you might get a zero. Uh, And that's basically as far as you go with the kind of weekly question marks, especially since we just got a report that Obi Toppin is in. Um... Jamal Murray, I guess, would be one you probably want to leave on your bench. It just feels like they're going to have to baby him a little bit. And then nobody else, I don't think, is really all that close to coming back. And if they are, they weren't that good anyway. Because I'm already down into the 150s at this point. And you're, like, if somebody in the 150s is not that close to going, then you ain't going to start them. Let's blitz through some questions here. We did a few of them. Uh, let's see. King says, hey, Dan, what range would sh- should we buy low on Keegan Murray? Well, because his minutes have been sort of artificially deflated lately, and he's shooting 38.5% from the field. He's ranked 104. 
I would happily give anybody up to about number 80 for him right now in terms of a buy. So you can overpay a tiny bit because that field goal percent is not going to stay at 38 and a half. I love the rebounds. I love the steals. I love the threes. I like the fact that he's actually getting half a block this year. I like the free throw percent. Field goal percent trends up and everything's going to float with it. So I think you can do it for that. What do we do with Asar Thompson in a points league? I want to activate Boyan Bogdanovich and I picked up Trey Murphy. So spots are tight. <sighs> you might be stuck parting with Trey Murphy, who's going to be better in nine cat than he is in points leagues. And I don't know how you move on from Osar Thompson, who's eventually going to get playing time again. But yeah, it's a tight spot. If you drop Osar, someone's going to pick him up. Osar Thompson, I mean, everybody's going to be looking at him. And if you drop Trey Murphy, people are going to pick him up. I think Boyan's the only one that you absolutely positively must roster in points leagues out of the names that you just threw up on my board here. Um, you might be stuck dropping either Murphy or Thompson. Is Trey Murphy a pickup in a points league? These questions go back to back. That's funny. Along with uh, Boyan, Derek Lively, and Andrew Wiggins. Um, based on your wire, I'm going to say no, because if Wiggins gets his finger healthy, he could be a points league. He's been a points league guy for a long time. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is definitely someone I'd rather have over Trey Murphy. And then Derek Lively is a little bit less interesting in points league, but he's also pretty decent basketball player too right now. Is Jaime Akez Jr. too good to be dropped in 9-cat, even though Tyler Hero is coming back soon? No, I think when Hero comes back, we're going to see the sort of shift. Josh Richardson being out might give Hakez a little bit of a window, but he probably ends up being a drop after Hero gets back in there. But again, we don't know if that's going to happen Wednesday, Friday, next week. It hasn't been settled yet. Should I drop Asar Thompson and stash Marcus Smart instead in a points league? Uh, I don't know that I would drop somebody who's healthy for somebody who's not. Mm, nah. Is Jalen Suggs a 10-team hold? Yes. Kulabali is available on waivers. How much would you spend? None. I don't actually think he's a must-roster guy. He's shown me almost nothing to say that he is other than these rare games where he shoots like six for seven. He just doesn't have much usage. Who's the better pickup, Ben Simmons or Anthony Simons? Simons by a lot. And I want to be very clear, since these dudes have extraordinarily similar last names, I'm talking about the fellow with the first name, Anthony. I don't know that Ben Simmons plays again this year. Got an injection in his back. They're going to reevaluate him in two weeks. My guess is they get to that reevaluation. It's going to be like, oh, it's going to be another two weeks. And it's going to be this whole thing. And on and on and on and on. Is punting more viable on 12 teams or more? I'm in a 10-team league and feels like there's an abundance of stats on the waivers. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's easier to build a well-rounded team in a 10-teamer because you get more great players. Uh, ultimately, you're probably going to have to punt something because everybody's going to have a bunch of really good players. I think you kind of have to punt in most formats you probably have more flexibility the shallower the league is. So your question is accurate. You don't, it's not as necessary in a 10-teamer, but I think ultimately you're probably going to have to give up on something. But maybe it's easier to just pick, say, one category to be kind of not great at. Let's see. We already answered a question about Hakez. Hey, Dan, do you think Duncan is still relevant for another game or two? I'm assuming that means Duncan Robinson. I, again, I still haven't seen that hero's definitely back on Wednesday. I know he wants to be, but we're not there yet. So um, I'm going to say yes on Duncan Robinson, but 
We'll know more on Wednesday. Hive mind question for weekly changes or lock league. So weekly league is the number of games still king. I guess there's really no streaming in a weekly format. The answer is sort of. It's all a math game. You don't always start the four-game guy over the three-game guy. You basically just do your home math. What is the four-game guy average? Multiply that by four and assume that his four-game output is going to be ballpark near what you get with that simple math. Same story for the three-game guy. So if you've got a three-gamer who's like a top 60 versus a four-gamer who's like top 90, you probably go with the four-gamer in that spot. But if it's like a three-gamer who's number 25 and the four-gamer's number 90, you probably stick with the three-gamer because you're just adding it up. It's just a summation. You're just summing game productions. Points League, should I stash Jalen Johnson? Um, yeah, I think I would try to. What would a Derek Lively sell high be? You're not going to get that much for him right now because some people are still not sold on him. Just enjoy it. Should I trade away Jalen Brown for Jaron Jackson in a points league? Uh, nah, I think I'd stick with Jalen Brown. Just safer in points league. Nine cat, I might. But you're, I, you can get him for cheaper than that. Should I trade my Freddie Van Vliet for DeJounte Murray? I need a steals and points boost. Sure, why not? That's relatively fair. Marcus Smart or Trey Murphy in a points league? Probably Marcus Smart for the assists and steals. I guess we'll see what that team looks like when Ja comes back. I would lean Marcus Smart. Category league, it might actually be Trey Murphy. I just traded Cade, Chet, and D'Lo for Halliburton and Kristaps Porzingis. Did I win or lose? Well, let's see. Chet is probably your best guy. Yeah, you won. You won that one. <laughs> Somebody says, should I take JJJ for Jalen Brown? Are you guys trading with each other? I already answered that one. Should I drop Scoot Henderson to stream Obi Toppin? Probably. Zach Levine or Paolo Boncaro? Points leagues, it's Paolo. Category leagues, it's Levine. Hey, Dan, couple of rest-of-season questions. Trey Murphy, Cam Johnson, Keegan Murray. Out of those three, let's see. I'll go uh, Cam over Keegan over Trey. And then the second grouping, Derek Lively, Onyeka Okongwu, Mitchell Robinson. I'll go Mitchell Robinson over Lively over Okongwu. Unless something happens to Clint Capella, and then I reserve the right to go back and change that one around. There's an asterisk on that second question. Then I just got a trade of my DeRozan and Kyle Kuzma for Levine, Garland, and Keegan Murray. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't mind that at all. Garland is a buy low. Keegan's a buy low. Levine is a buy low. Kuz is a sell high, and DeRozan is just sort of is who he is. I'm okay with that. Some of those buy lows are going to pan out. What makes someone a dramatically better category player versus points league? Well, points leagues typically, now ESPN I know has instituted some sort of penalties for being inefficient, but typically a lot of points leagues don't care that much about field goal, free throw percent, or turnovers. So someone like a Kyle Kuzma or Russell Westbrook, these guys that stink at turnovers and percentages, those guys have a lot of value in points leagues. Now Kuzma this year has been good enough to have value in nine cat as well, but nine-cap players are often guys who can do stuff in the six categories that matter the most in points leagues, but also tend to be a little more efficient, not turning the ball over all the time, not missing a ton of shots, not missing a ton of free, throw, free throws, and that's what kind of separates the two. Rest of season thoughts on Trey Murphy. I assume that's Jalen Johnson and Malcolm Brogdon in a points league. Uh, Jalen Johnson, 
feels like the winner there. Brogdon in the short term is your winner there. And then uh, Trey Murphy's probably my lowest in a points league of those three. And I need to drop one. Omer Yurtsevin, Bismack Biombo, or Goga Batadze. It's it's Biombo. I don't I don't like his fantasy game to begin with. So you gave me an opp- opportunity to drop him, and I shall take it. 40 minutes and out. You guys have 50 minutes, I think. An hour to set your lineups. Let's go make sure we got everybody where we want them. Make those streaming decisions now. Again, just like Derek was telling you earlier, you can use some moves today and tomorrow if you want. I do think there's value in trying to pick players on the teams that can win because if you do today, you could choose a different slot on your roster to stream tomorrow. You could actually get two, even three streaming slots if you can choose right, basically. Pick the winners, pick streaming-level players on the winning teams, and those guys will roll you right through Thursday. Now, you might want to get rid of one of those dudes on Friday as well. This is a point of reference because maybe you don't actually have a full roster if you have this many guys that are going today and tomorrow. But if you can get a big games advantage today, tomorrow, that can carry you through the week. Because again, just a five-day week and Friday everybody's playing, so it's almost like a four-day week. Let's go get them. Uh, Anthony Edwards, really a pleasure to host you, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves superstar Anthony Edwards. Uh, D'Lo has been on a hot streak. What would a sell-high win look like top 50 or 60 i don't think you're gonna get top 50 or 60 for d'lo he's around 60 right now in fact i think he's exactly 60 on basketball monster that's like the highest range you could probably get back unless you went for somebody who has a small name guy in there like a max Struess. but i don't know that that's the thing you should really be hunting for anyway maybe look for someone who's ranked a little bit behind d'angelo russell that you think moves up the board like maybe a demar Derozan. Zach Levine, Nico Vucevic, uh, these Bulls guys are all by lows right now. That might be a target, sort of. Would you drop DeAndre Hunter for P.J. Washington? Yeah, I got no problem with that. And what about a trade target for Anthony Davis? Meaning, like, what would it take to get him, or what do you want to get back for him? Because uh, no one's going to trust him. If you're trying to trade him away, everybody else in your league likely was like, nah, I don't really want that dude, because they were terrified of, how many games he was going to miss. So you're not going to get anything other than like a late first rounder, basically where he was drafted. And even though he's outperforming that right now, if you're trying to get Anthony Davis, the team that has him probably isn't going to trade him. You should probably just assume Anthony Davis ain't getting traded in fantasy right now. Draymond Green or Austin Reeves? I'll go Austin Reeves. And I will also go out of here. Aw, Twitter made a boop in the background before I could get out. Thanks for watching our two shows today, everybody. I got to go rest my voice for a little bit because I've been yelling a bunch. Thanks to Derek at DballBball. I'm at Dan Vespers. We'll see you guys over on social. Set those lineups, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully a two for Tuesday. We'll see. Might have some buy lows to go over. Uh, It's a weird week, though, so not much in the way of recap. Anyway, we'll figure it out. See you later, everybody. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.